Okay, so today's story is called What's Inside a Flower? And other questions about science and nature. And it's written by Rachel Ignatovsky. And it's springtime. And it's springtime, that's right. And that's why we're learning about what's inside of flowers. Because springtimes are wonderful times when the flowers all bloom. And I think we're going to learn a lot in this story. So, without any further ado, what's inside of a flower? And other questions about science and nature, read by... Mommy, 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 yes. And Philip, 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 yes, Philip. Um, when it's springtime, mm -hmm. we take out um, the water table. That's right. We have a water table in the backyard and we'll bring it out because it's now springtime. Whoa, look at this. It says, <clears throat> flowers live everywhere and there are in the picture, there's lots of different beautiful flowers. Orchids, tulips, roses, poppies. Hey, we know about the poppy because it is the California state flower, isn't it? If you eat it, you sleep. If you eat it, you sleep. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. um, then the buttercup and the lily and the daffodil and a thistle and Queen Anne's lace and a black-eyed Susan and a... Uh, what is that? I can't read it. Hold on. You're in the way. There. Ah. Well, there's lots of different flowers. There's tons more, actually, it looks like. This list goes on and on and on. I wonder how many different kinds of flowers there are in the world. I think there's thousands upon thousands of varieties. Okay, so it says they bloom in bustling cities, in lush jungles, in soggy swamps, in blistering deserts, and high on top of rocky mountains. And again, there's a lot of flowers being highlighted here. Like the dogwood tree is in the city, and the hibiscus is in the jungle, and the cattails are in soggy swamps, and a barrel cactus is in a blistering desert, and on top of that rocky mountain, you will find rock jasmine or edelweiss. Hmm, actually there's tons more. You guys have got to see these books because they show you like five or six different varieties of plants for every environment. That's amazing. Okay, now flowers are found growing on trees. Like a lemon tree or a peach tree or an apple tree or an orange tree. And we know that because we've got some orange trees in our backyard. And they blossom. And what color are the flowers on our orange trees, Philip? Do you don't remember? What color is that? White. Very good. And on the vines of fruits, see, flowers can grow. Like this tomato plant has yellow flowers. And our tomato plant in the backyard has yellow flowers too, doesn't it? Yup. Vegetables with seeds are scientifically considered fruit. Did you know that? In grassy fields, you can find flowers and in fancy gardens. And mommy, mm -hmm. even on our thorn bush, there's roses. Yes. In fact, you called it a thorn bush and said it has roses. But some people would say that it's a rose bush and has thorns. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Now, 
Flowers come in many colors. There's red and gold and lavender. And look at this, this guy's here. Here's called a bird of paradise and he has both orange and purple on him. And a Venus slipper orchid. Boy, that's got pretty colors, orange and gold and red. A passion flower. There's all kinds of different looks here. So flowers come in many colors and shapes and sizes. And did you look at this guy at the very bottom? There's a flower called a corpse flower and it's over three feet in diameter, which means it's as tall as you are and as wide as you are, it's very big. And there's also really small ones. This tiny little flower here is called a baby's breath and it's only an eighth of an inch in diameter. Very, very small. But how do, how does a flower grow? And why do flowers bloom on plants? And what's inside of a flower? Well, science will help us answer those questions. Are you ready? Okay. Now, in the picture, we can see a flower growing and we can see that it, it's actually under the dirt. And in, under the dirt is part of the flower and that is the roots. And then coming up out of the roots is a stem and shooting out of the stem are leaves. And at the very top of the stem is the flower. And the flower has different parts to it, like these petals. Amazing. Now, a flower starts as a seed underground, and the seed will begin to grow roots and then its first leaves. Above ground and below, bugs, bacteria, and fungi all munch and crunch and wiggle their way through dirt. Yum, says the snail. Yum, yum, say the ants. They are called decomposers. Now, decomposers eat waste, like garbage and dead things and poop. Ooh, yuck. By breaking down waste, decomposers make new soil. Soil is the perfect place for a seed to grow into a flower. And we can see here in the picture, earthworms and snails and bacteria and all kinds of stuff. With time, the seed will become a much larger plant. The flower's roots spread deep into the ground, keeping the plant sturdy so it can grow tall. Rich soil has water and minerals that a plant needs to grow. Now, rainwater soaks into the soil, traveling down to the roots, and then look, the minerals, yes, the minerals in the soil help the plant grow strong. And look, the root hairs slurp up the water and the minerals. So in this picture, we can see that the stem is above the dirt, but below the dirt where the, in the soil is where the main root is. And then we can see that it's taking in all these minerals, phosphorus and nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And then all these little earthworms are doing their job to help keep the root healthy. And the root off of the main root is where the little root hairs are. 
and they're just chomp, chomp, chomping on the water and the minerals. Now the flower stem grows out of the soil and water and minerals from under the ground travel up through the stem to the rest of the plant. So above ground is the shoot system and below ground is the root system. What is that? Let's learn about it. Philip is asking a very, very good question about this little angry looking critter here in this picture. So let's read what the book says. Why is it an angry ladybug? Well, watch and see. Now the system, the stem system, right? That's the shoot system, holds up the plant's leaves and flowers high above the ground. And leaves are food to many animals. Here's a caterpillar going munch crunch, eating on the leaf. And then look, an aphid is having a snack while a ladybug stalks its tiny prey. The, in the picture we can see it, eatsy bitsy tiny little green bug, and that's called an aphid, and he's eating the leaves. Yum, a leaf. But look, this ladybug is saying, rawr, yum, an aphid. So the ladybug is going to eat the aphid. It's got its own little system working out there, doesn't it? Now, leaves have the special job of absorbing sunshine. Plants turn sunshine, sunlight, into food in a process called, big word, you ready? Drum roll, please. Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Very good. So, wow, says the bumblebee. Turning sunlight into food is a plant's superpower. So here's where synthesis, photosynthesis happens in a microscopic plant cell. So photosynthesis is during photosynthesis, plants use sunlight and water and carbon dioxide from the air to make sugar, which is glucose, which plants use as a food. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Now, during photosynthesis, plants also make, this is the best part, fresh air. So carbon dioxide from the air goes in to the leaf, the plant, and fresh oxygen comes out. Plants make the oxygen in the air that everyone breathes. So if we were living in a place where there were no plants, we would not have fresh air. Which explains a lot, doesn't it? Just like people need food to grow big and strong, a flower needs sunshine and water and minerals to grow. When a flowering plant gets big enough, buds will appear. And this, in the picture, we can see a bud. A little tiny thing. Then each bud opens up little by little until it blooms into a big, beautiful flower. Amazing. Look inside a flower to see where seeds are made. So inside of the flower we see, and in the picture there's a very big picture of a flower and there's all these different parts that are labeled so that we can see exactly what's going on inside of the flower. So we can see 
the stem and the leaves and the petals, but inside the flower is a pistil and pollen and stamen. And then all of their parts are also labeled. Now, the stamen make fluffy grains called pollen. The pistil has a sticky stigma and tiny egg cells called ovules. A new seed can only grow when pollen land on a flower's stigma. And this is called pollination. So pollination is between flowers that are the same type or species. Mommy, mommy. Mm -hmm. Which number are you? Um, well, I don't know what page number this is because it doesn't have a page number on it. But we're halfway through the book. Oh, no, we're more than halfway through the book. Now, a few types of flowers can make seeds all by themselves. Those are called self-pollinators. And a sunflower is a good example of one. And they make seeds on their own. But most flowers need pollen from another plant to make seeds. And this is called cross-pollination. See, these flowers are all talking to each other. And they're saying, I need your pollen. We need help to make seeds. And it's true, they do. Now, many flowers need help to be pollinated. Some rely on the wind to spread their pollen. And other flowers use animals like bumblebees or hummingbirds. And these animals are called pollinators. And there's lots of different options here for that, like a moth or a butterfly. And then look, Philip, this is honeysuckle being pollinated down here. And we know a lot about honeysuckle, don't we? You love honeysuckle because it, you can eat it. You can pull the flowers off and then pop off the little bottoms of the, of the flowers and that's where the, the sweet nectar is. Now, flowers create nectar that many pollinators love to eat. And in the picture, we can see a pollinator. A human statue. Mm-hmm. And there's a bat. Mm-hmm. So in the picture, we can see a pollinator is pulling the pollen and the nectar out of this flower. So bees, butterflies, birds, and bats all reach inside the flowers for a tasty treat. The pollen sticks to their bodies as the pollinators snack from flower to flower and they spread pollen and help create seeds. And then the flowers attract pollinators in different ways. So many flowers have colorful petals and it's like a neon sign that says, nectar is here. And some flowers have strong smells that attract pollinators. Like night, night blooming flowers, they smell especially sweet so pollinators can find them in the dark. Yummy, yum, yummy. We've got some night blooming jasmine out there and it does smell really yummy. A flower petal's shape makes feeding easy for local pollinators. Some petals are shaped like a landing pad for bugs, while other flowers are perfect for long tongues and beaks, like a trumpet creeper. Look at this. In the picture, we can see a hummingbird who has this super long beak can stick its beak right inside of this flower called a trumpet creeper, and they can get all the good stuff inside of the flower. Now, the more pollinators visit the flower, the more chances there are for the seeds to be made. And so, like buttercups, there's lots and lots of flowers there so that the plant has lots of options. 
Many plants use seeds to reproduce and make new plants around the world. Flowers create new seeds through pollination and pollen lands on a flower stigma and grows a tiny tube to travel down into an ovule, which is that egg cell. And this is how pollen begins to fertilize the ovule. It's kind of complicated, but we can see what's happening here to make the new flower. A grain of pollen and an ovule each have half of what's needed to make a seed. And then the pollen, and when the pollen grain and the ovule join, a brand new seed begins to grow. So they've got, they've, it's kind of like, um, when you match a magnet, a plus and a, and a minus, they kind of flip together, right? And then they stick together and do their job. The flowers do the same. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Uh huh. Well, what do you think about this? As the seed gets bigger, the flower begins to change. And this is kind of the, the strange thing that happens here. Petals wilt and fall, and as a fruit or pod grows to protect the precious seed, the fruit husks and pods that protect seeds come in all different shapes and sizes. Look at this. From an, a little tiny flower comes a seed, and then around the seed is the apple. Um, and then here is a, a pea pod that's grown. The first one, you see a little flower. Then you see this little tiny tube sticking out of the flower. And then you see this giant thing with all these peas in it. Who do I know who likes peas? Who do I know who likes peas? I do. I know you do. Now, I can see a lot of other things that have seeds in the middle of them. Look at this. What is this thing right here? It's green and it has a brown seed in the middle of it. It's a pretty big seed. Do you know what that is? An avocado. Now here's something that's long and thin and green and it has seeds on the inside of it. Watermelon. Mm-hmm. A big green thing here. Now, time passes and seeds become ready to be planted. So some seeds will burst out of their pods and grow wherever they fall. But other seeds will be eaten by animals and scattered when they poop. <laughs> Yuck. Seeds travel near and far. They roll down hills and fly on the wind and float away in the water. And some wings, some seeds have wings to help them glide like a dandelion seed. You know, when you pick up a dandelion um, and you blow on the weed and the little seeds go flying into the air, that is actually the seed of the plant going to find itself a new place to be planted. So some seeds are hard and heavy, like a walnut. And there are even seeds with hooks to catch a ride on a passerby, like those burdock seed pods. You know when you're out in the garden or out in the yard in, 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 in wild grass and you catch something that's got little hooks and it gets stuck in your socks? That's what that is. It's just trying to find a new place to call home, but hopefully not in your garden. Now, once a seed finds a spot in the soil, a new plant will grow. 
and it goes through that whole thing and a new flower will bloom. So again, the water comes down and the seed takes its place and it has a first sprout and a plant sprouts its first new leaves and then new roots and then bit by bit, the plant will grow into a big and strong plant and then you get a flower. And then the plant is ready to be pollinated and make new seeds. So we all have learned how each part of the flower does an important job. Seeds are made inside the flower. The petals attract the pollinators. The leaves absorb the sunlight and make food. The stem holds the plant up tall. And the roots slurp up water and minerals to the soil. And we also learned that flowers do important things for everyone. A flower's seed helps spread new plants all over the world. And plants make fresh air. And flowers grow into food for people and animals. And plants do countless other things. They uh, provide habitats and shade and beauty. And the book that I'm reading, in fact. So what will you plant in your garden? And what will you grow? Yummy tomatoes? Yes, we've got those. Sweet-smelling lavender? Yes, we've got that too. Giant sunflowers? Mm, I don't think we have sunflowers out there, but we could grow some. Well, whatever you plant in your garden, it will be lovely because you know what's inside of a flower and you understand lavender, those little purple flowers that we picked and then we hang them out to dry and then mommy puts them in different things because they smell really good. So, so you understand that science, the science that makes flowers special. So happy flowers mean a happy earth for you and for me. And since Earth Day is coming up soon, we can remember this book and think about how great it is to have a flower. And that is the end. The end.